Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A warm welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body Mind Spirit Radio every third Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. A serious radio live invites you to discover the fascinating truth about karma, life on other planets, the Mother Earth, the New World, the next master, and much more, which were revealed through Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Today's hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be talking about unmodified peace. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to their insight on this topic, so without further ado, I'll give you Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank, Thank you, you Amy. Amy, our new producer for today. Yes, welcome. Hello, Richard. Yes. Hi, Chrissy. Yeah, very happy Christmas to all our listeners. Absolutely. Hello, everybody, and have a wonderful Christmas season. Indeed, indeed, and however you celebrate it. But um, I think perhaps first, before we get into the program, we've just come to our attention today, um, over here anyway, I think it's been in the news for several days in America, um, about this um, incredible um, c- cover-up that's again been exposed um, as the Pentagon admits the secrecy that it's uh, spent tens of millions on UFO research, all in secret using black uh, ops or sources of money. And uh, I think it's been on CNN, Chrissy, and New York Times. Yeah. Um, a lot over there, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And uh, I was just reading an article this morning when... Um, there's very compelling evidence presented that, as we know, that we are not alone. Uh, mm. But this, this has now come out, you know, and um, as I say, it's all over the world, and mm. it's been admitted that there's been excessive secrecy ar- around this program and also opposition to it. But the thing is, uh, the spacecraft are, are still coming, as we, we know, as they have done yes. over the decades. And, and all this, of course, is absolutely no surprise at all to Aetherius Radio Live or the Aetherius Society because we've been talking about this for well over 60 years. Um, Dr. King was demanding the truth, uh, as were cosmic transmissions through him in the, from the mid-50s onwards. Um, and he, was, he organized a rally, for example, in Trafalgar Square in London in 1958, um, we've had many occasions where the truth has come out in dribs and drabs. Suddenly you get disclosure. Suddenly you get, uh, say, the Houses of Parliament admitting it, or the Pentagon, or the CIA, or the Russian government, or you know, this is and on it goes. And all the while, people aren't doing the obvious thing, which is to tune into Aetherius Radio Live and try and find the answer. Yeah, to take the next step. <laughs> Yeah, what, yeah, or come to us because. What is the reason for this, these visitations? Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, I haven't studied, I haven't had a chance yet to study in any depth these latest revelations. What I have found is the one thing that comes out of it very strongly is that once again they are not hostile. They have technology way ahead of anything on from this earth, and they are there's a great mystery around them. They seem, some have said, to be helping to prevent. 
nuclear missiles being released. It's exactly what we have said and what the cosmic masters have told us for through the Aetherius Society for decades. And, and there really is no other organization like the Aetherius Society. There are other organizations, of course there are, UFO organizations and so on, and people who claim contact, but nothing like the sort of legacy we have of um, warning people and advising people consistently, non-stop really, ever since we were founded in 1955. I know, Richard, you must have done hundreds and hundreds of radio interviews over the years and TV about this very topic. Right Literally back, I remember, to the yeah. late 70s perhaps and 80s and right yeah. the way through. So it's interesting it keeps sort of disappearing and then reappearing because the thing is, whatever people yeah. say, the UFOs will still keep coming. <laughs> they will. They absolutely will. And, um, you know, the book I did, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, for just one example, you know, has reached many thousands of people in different languages and it ties together, you know, the two things. One is UFOs, which are def they definitely exist. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. The fact that governments don't know the answer is clear. If they knew the answer, they wouldn't need to be spending all these millions trying to find it. But they're going about it the wrong way, because what they need is the extraterrestrial message, which you get loud and clear on the third Tuesday of every month right here. Yes. <laughs> don't mind me plugging will you <laughs> but seriously though it's a, it's it is i suppose it's heartening uh in a way uh, because once again you know the truth is coming out and it will come out and in the end everybody on the earth will will accept it i think probably most people do now from what i can gather i think nearly everyone believes in life on other planets now which they didn't used to do I mean, I, you'll remember there was, a, there was a man over here in England called Patrick Moore. Um, oh, yeah. And I remember going on the, radio, the television with him in the 1980s. And he was like regarded certainly as our leading television astronomer. And he absolutely didn't believe there was life anywhere. No, not, you know, not just in this solar system, but anywhere other than here. And, and it's hard to believe that just over 30 years ago, that was a widely held view. And that's been blown apart, and uh, it's getting closer and closer to the, the truth that uh, Dr. George King gave out all those many decades ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very so, interesting. Indeed. I thought we should certainly mention that, and you'll find it on the Internet if you're interested in looking it all up. It's there to study. So, Chrissy, to our message of today, unmodified peace. Absolutely. And uh, this is a time of year, of course, uh, the Christmas time, when we think about peace. And um, amidst the busyness and the chaos of Christmas, there's a sort of magic in the air. And we know in the Assyria Society, it is a time when uh, a very important rituals are performed by the spiritual hierarchy of this earth, and great blessings are given outwards, and uh, great love and energy sent to the world. And I, I believe they certainly that, were on one occasion, that's for sure, that we know of. Yes, yeah. and I believe mm. it's around about this time um, on a regular basis, uh, I believe. Or perhaps I'm wrong here. I, I, but, I couldn't um, absolutely confirm that, but um, who, who knows? Certainly, I remember in 1983, it was definitely over the Christmas period, wasn't it? The ritual yeah, you're referring to. Yeah, and I know it's a regular ritual performed. Oh, it's a regular um, ritual. Uh, as to when it's yes, done, I, I don't think that's been time. revealed. Okay. And certainly there is a, a kind of a magic 
uh, around this time of year, if we really tune in and, and try and find this place of peace amidst the sort of chaos of materialism in Christmas. And I think it's a really good thing to try and do, um, to find this quiet place, this place of peace. But this isn't necessarily the type of peace that we're going to talk about today. Is that right, Richard? Well, yes. I mean, a lot of people's idea of, of peace over Christmas, um, and you know, and I must say, it does sound rather nice. Is sort of after having had a really nice meal and um, being in relaxed company, and then perhaps having a little drink in your hand and the TV remote in your other hand, and a nice uh-huh. warm, cosy fire, feeling really rather peaceful. <laughs> but uh, yeah. and, that, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't mind some of that, but. That isn't uh, the true unmodified piece. It's nowhere near it. And one thing that sort of comes clearly to me, um, uh, and more I think about it, is that peace can operate on many levels. And, of course, the highest level uh, is what we're calling, I say we're calling unmodified peace. That would be wrong. A lord of Saturn described as unmodified peace in that classic transmission he gave uh, on November the 23rd, 1957, called the One Energy. And as I think listeners will know, that Saturn, the Saturnian intelligence, is the highest intelligence on any planet in this solar system. And these are the most elevated masters, obviously excluding the solar lords on the sun itself. And they are revered throughout this solar system. They should be revered throughout this planet. Uh, These are wonderful masters of tremendous love um, and compassion who uh, are also very, very uh, mindful and uh, of us here on Earth, believe it or not, despite our behavior. And we decided actually this Christmas to focus on them rather than on uh, what you might expect, namely perhaps one of the transmissions from the Master Jesus or perhaps excerpts from the Twelve Blessings, which are, there are many excerpts in the Twelve Blessings which relate to peace. But instead, we thought this year we'd focus particularly on this particular one which refers to um, unmodified peace. Just before I go any further, there was a, actually a rather beautiful statement and a very sad statement in a way, but still, uh, I think, uh, inspiring in another way, which Mars Sector 6 made about the Lord, the beings from Saturn, on the 25th 4th of August 1957. He said this, You see, though you wallow, dear men of terror, in other words, Earth, in the scented arbors of your own procrastinations, though you en masse turn away from the essential practice of the teachings of your great masters, though you do these things, the supreme beings upon Saturn still love you with all the power within them. I ask you to take this thought home with you. Beautiful. Isn't it? Mm. Um, and and you've found, haven't you, Chrissy, another reason, which you were just telling me about an hour before the show, why it's very significant that we've chosen to focus on Saturn today. Yes, very interesting. I don't know why I didn't realize it, but this because I am an astrologer, and this is the day um, that the planet Saturn in astrology moves signs, and this is always a big event. And it's been uh, about three years in the sign of Sagittarius, and now it's moved today 
into, the, into its own sign, its home sign of Capricorn, because Saturn is the ruler in astrology of the sign of Capricorn, an Earth sign. And this is a kind of a big deal in astrology because Saturn is regarded as the most advanced planet in the solar system apart from the sun, which in astrology isn't called a planet as such, but a luminary. And so it's always important astrologers take note of this very carefully. And I've been, actually been writing about it. And it wasn't until this morning that it dawned on me that about a month ago or three weeks ago, Richard, you, you insisted that this was the subject of this, the topic of this program. Yes. And, um, so you were kind of tuned in there. Well, I didn't know <laughs> that so it's, fact. It's very interesting. And, and, and you're yeah. saying what that influence does, the Capricorn influence, which is the home planet of Saturn, does, um, as from today, is to um, make it more real, to make us sort of um, enact, as it were, practically, the highest uh, visions and the highest motivations. Is that, is that right? Yes. It's, it's about... A claim it's about taking responsibility we we all know on this planet that uh, you know we've you know abused this planet earth on which we live it's very much related to the the mother earth actually and it's going to force humanity in a way to uh, take practical and realistic steps to really secure our future in the next two and a half to three years uh, mm. through capricornian ways which is hard work it's hard mm. work it's reality is taking a real reality check facing things as they are rather than as we would like them to be and so it's going mm. to be painful for some people uh, it's a time of reckoning that to look at your life not in a fantasy way but in a realistic and a practical way and being prepared to really work hard to make the changes that are necessary and it's something that the Assyria society is all about actually mm. um but it's you know, it's really going to be a fantastic time if we take that approach of being prepared to, to really work hard for this planet uh, and mm. all upon it in the mm. next few years, or else it's going to be mm. a very painful time. Because it's like, a, it's like a big reality check. Very interesting when I realized finally this morning that this was the very uh, topic of our radio show, in a way, the Lords of Saturn. Um, so very, very interesting. Not, these things don't happen by chance. You had the inspiration, Richard, and uh, well, it's not interesting. By just as an just as an aside, I I um, visited our uh, regular producer Nikki today, who who isn't oh. in the best of health, but she's doing okay. She's doing fine, and um, she told me that on cr one Christmas, she received as a present from Dr. George King, who we refer to as our master a framed copy of the one energy oh really so that's a little bit of synchronicity and she has it hanging uh, in her apartment with her husband there and um yes and this this actually is something people can uh, get hold of the one energy we have it it's not i don't think you can get it through the website but you can certainly get it through headquarters and branches um it's it's the only teaching of any length that we have from saturn and having said that, it must be the only teaching anybody has of any length from Saturn outside of the inner secret chambers of the Great White Brotherhood, certainly uh, available to the public. And we were told by Mars Sector 6 after it was received, or we were advised, I should say, uh, to study it if we wish to understand it. 
and that's what we are going to try to do today. We're going to just study one particular aphorism contained in it, but I would strongly urge people, if they want to get themselves a Christmas present, or give one, and they don't have it, then follow the example of Dr. King, and get this, the One Energy, a transmission from Saturn. Oh, that was a wonderful gift. Yeah, so, indeed. Nice indeed. to hear that. And I didn't, I didn't know that either, till today, as it so happened. Um, so, coming on to then what, how we started the program, you were talking there about peace, and I've been thinking a lot about peace, and of course, one has to have the starting point, uh, which uh, I think there's a wonderful quote from Mars Sector 6 again, from a great transmission, actually, he delivered in December 1956, called Heaven on Earth. And he said this, he said, How can you have peace in the countries of terror, namely Earth, unless that peace be born in the hearts of all men? It cannot be so. And I sort of turned my mind then, so how can this peace be born in the hearts of all men? And we have many references to peace. I, I've always thought, Chrissy, that it's, it must be, and it's not what I think that matters, it, it must be a plan, that the main two bodies of teaching in the Ethereum site, or the main two texts, shall I put it that way, um, that we have of, any, of real sub, you know, substance, and quite long indeed, are the Twelve Blessings and the Nine Freedoms. And they are our core spiritual teaching. They're certainly not the only ones. But they are perfectly balanced, I believe, one for the other. They don't contradict each other, of course, because they tell the same truths. But they do it in very different ways, with different emphasis and focus. And the Twelve Blessings uses the word peace much more than does the nine freedoms. That's for sure. The word peace yeah. is uh, not as common as the word love, but is very frequently used in the Twelve Blessings. So I was, I was very pleased to find this um, early transmission uh, by Mars 16, which he does define and talk about peace at some length. And he says that true peace, quotes, true peace is a child of wisdom. What is wisdom? What else? dear friends, but love in action. And, beautiful. you know, I think that's very interesting. Uh, it's beautiful, and it does contrast, in a way, with, say, the great saying that I think is quite famous now, certainly in Ethereum society circles, at the end of the third blessing, beautiful, beautiful words by the Master Jesus, when he says, first cometh the angel peace to make way for the goddess love. So you have one master saying that peace is the child of love. In other words, it comes after love. And the other master saying peace comes first to make way for the goddess love. So you have, this is, in all great truth, of course, you have paradox. And both yeah. are true. And this is a, a very, very good example of it. But it also got me thinking about the different levels of peace which must exist. And Certainly it occurs to me, Chrissy, that um, every psychic center, every major psychic center, when fully controlled, uh, and to, to control it, of course, first of all, you have to activate it. And, uh, and, and from a technical point of view, that would be, as regular listeners will know, by raising the kundalini up the back of the spine. And we might do this consciously, we might do this partially, um, but certainly, each psychic center 
must be brought to peace because they're brought to stillness and ultimately we're told uh, they have to be completely um, dormant for the kundalini to rise and fully activate the higher center and so it goes on and so you might find for example that as you activate and control the uh, kundalini in the base center you bring peace to your bodily functions and and some of your physical functions and so on. You might find that as you do the same with the sex center, you control the desires, the passions of, of of not just of sex, of a variety of kinds, and use the positive aspects of the chakra as well because there are extremely positive aspects to every chakra. Bring those to peace. Then likewise, the solar plexus center which might be, for example, some of the basic mental abilities and psychic abilities, and then you're able to take it to the heart center where you can then fully express love in its completeness by activating fully the heart center. So we're told, not claiming to have done all this, by the way, uh, but I I did get some insights that I, I, I feel are worth sharing that this is part of a journey that maybe the Master Jesus in his great compassion is talking about a lower state of peace which we still need Mm -hmm. in order to express that great love and that Mars Sector 6 and certainly in the One Energy the Lord of Saturn is talking about a higher uh, expression when one actually goes beyond and above even the heart center and taps into the highest chakras, uh, he calls it the light of the soul, in small man's soul, uh, which is higher than even the heart, small man's heart, and then we experience this unmodified peace. So those are some of my thoughts, Chrissy, just to get the ball rolling. Oh, it's very interesting indeed, Richard. And I know, um, of course, we have the seven major psychic centers but you're also mm-hmm. mentioning um, the seven dimensions of creation as right. well. So that's kind of an interesting uh, correlation. I don't know if there is a correlation, but it is, uh, it is interesting. And I, you had some thoughts about that too, didn't you? I, I, I did, actually. Because, you know, um, I think I would just say this before I leave the, the, the Master Jesus and the Twelve Blessings, that at the end of the Ninth Blessing, Uh, The Master Jesus does say that, and this isn't an exact quote, act in my name, carry out these teachings and you will will experience peace and even something greater than that. So he Mm. is telling us really that there's something even higher than the peace he's talking about or that we're able to experience now. Shall I put it that way? I think it's very compassionate on his part to do that. And he does talk about peace as something which can flow through you, almost like an energy. And of course, if something is flowing through you, which indeed it can, and I think a lot of us must have experienced that. He said every part of you will rejoice neath neath this light in one part. Um, But as it's an energy flowing, it isn't unmodified though. It it must be a changing force. So he must be talking about something uh, a little different perhaps leading up to, but not at the level of this unmodified piece that is referred to in the one energy. So when I first started thinking about the one energy, I I didn't have the text in front of me, and I was trying to put my mind to the quote, and I knew it was something like, go within uh, to that realm 
where dwelleth unmodified peace. And I thought, is it realm? Is it sphere? Is it level? What is that word? And then I went to the text. And I think you've got the text, haven't you, Chrissy? Did you want to read out that aphorism for us? From the one energy, that, that one line That one sentence, yeah, yeah. Go, go within, contact this light, and extend through space and timelessness to that dimension where dwelleth unmodified peace. Thank you. So it wasn't realm, and it wasn't level, and it, it was dimension. And this struck me straight away, because if it had been a word like realm, or something like that, you'd think, okay, this is a mental thing. It might be a very high mental thing, but it's an aspect of mind. But dimension is another kind of a word. It's a word that's used very vaguely, I think, by a lot of people. I've even done it myself. People talk about multidimensional existence. Science does, I'm glad to say. Didn't used to when Dr. King first spoke about it, and now it is starting to accept it. Doesn't really understand it, uh, but at least the concept is there. Parallel universes and so forth. But then I remembered, of course, and as I, as I think all, all our listeners who know the society well will remember, that we have a teaching called the seven dimensions of creation. And Dr. King gave an absolutely brilliant uh, lecture on this. It's on CD. It's available on download. I strongly recommend it. But I wondered when he, he received that knowledge of those seven dimensions. Was it before or was it after this reference in the one energy? And so I looked it up, and I found that actually he received it on December the 6th, 1957, which is 13 days after he'd received the transmission, uh, which referred to this dimension, or a dimension. doesn't tell you which dimension, but we'll come on to that. So on December the 6th, he had this experience. He was invited to satellite number three, and he traveled out of his body being the great master that he was and is he was able to do this even while he was in a physical body he could do this and he traveled uh, to satellite number three and while he was there among many other things a great martian intelligence on that craft uh, explained to him the seven dimensions of creation and he explained it in these words which are I must admit, quite hard to just take on board at first hearing. So I, I do apologize if this is going to be rather full-on and intense, uh, this uh, pre-Christmas broadcast. But I think it's worth it myself. And these are the words that this master aboard satellite number three said to him. He said this, The divine will impo imposes those conditions upon mind which bring its potential into manifestation as directed motion in a time frame of length, breadth, and height. I certainly don't expect our listeners to remember that. It's fully reported, by the way, in Cosmic Voice, issue 14. It's a fascinating uh, ex explanation of his whole visit there to satellite number three. But simplifying it and boiling it down... This, Dr. King said, was a revelation of the seven dimensions of creation, which are divine will, one, mind, two, motion. Actually, I'm doing it in reverse order. Actually, I'm starting with the seventh, which is divine will, mind, motion, time, length, breadth, 
and height. So the first three, length, breadth and height, won't be any surprise to anybody. Time, many have figured out to be the fourth dimension. Motion, of course, includes the motion of planetary bodies and I would say the motion of the energies which course through space and bring about the trajectory of the planets and it's from that trajectory, of course, that we on Earth determine time. It's how we measure our 24 hours and our, our year and everything else. So it must be above time. That's the fifth dimension. Mind, which holds these energies and these uh, planets in place. You know, I, I had, there's a very interesting little aside here, Chrissy, that I was once very privileged to be uh, talking to Dr. King about some of these matters uh, in Santa Barbara, just the two of us, one evening. And he said to me, and he put it this way, he said, I believe, in other words, he believed, that, now this is where I come a little unstuck, he either said the, the lords of creation or the supreme lords of karma, I'm not sure which, but one of those two, either the lords of creation or the supreme lords of karma, it could be both, I don't know. But at that level, he said he believed that they could, if they chose to, stop the motion of the bodies, the planetary bodies and suns within the galaxy and all movement and bring about certain adjustments which were necessary according to karma and then start the motion happening again. Goodness me. <laughs> he, being, you know, I, I just don't think that he would... Even though he said, I believe, I take it, to me, that's good enough. I don't think he'd just speculate uh, about something that big. But it does show that motion is, is a, a vital dimension. But that of itself is governed by mind, uh, the sixth dimension. And the seventh dimension, of course, is above even mind, and that's the divine will. Now, I don't expect people... This isn't a dissertation on the seven dimensions. Or you can get a far, far better one than I could ever dream of if you buy the Master's lecture on this subject or read what he's written about it. But this is the context. Thirteen days after the uh, One Energy was delivered, that a being on satellite number three saw fit to reveal what the dimensions are. And I just want to give another aside before we go to our break, Chrissy, if I may, that some may remember that when the, the One Energy was delivered, we were told by Mars Sector 6 that at the same time, he uses rather a wonderful phrase, he says, the period which you would term the exact time, which I think is very, very nicely put, if I may say. It's a wonderful way of putting it because it shows that he is not limited by time. But at the period which you would term the exact time, he says that a thousand space vehicles were also receiving a transmission from that same Lord of Saturn, and one of those vehicles was satellite number three. And uh, Mars Sector 6 says uh, about that, he says... Yours can with some study be understood by you. Ours can with some study be understood by us. And I think it's interesting to me, and I don't think it can be a coincidence, that that being on satellite number three, who perhaps had actually received a transmission from the same source, what we would call 13 days earlier, then chose, as it were, to elaborate 
to explain that key word which is so different from the way these things have been explained before. In other words, it's not being explained as you might find it in Buddhism or in Zen Buddhism or in yoga teaching as a mind thing, as a, as a detachment from our lower nature and the samskaras and all the rest of it. It's described as a dimension in the cosmos, in the totality of all things. It's a new age scientific approach we're being given here to what is really unmodified peace. Very interesting, Richard. Thank you. There was one line in that uh, lecture that kind of stood out for me, and I mentioned it to you earlier, and I wondered if you yeah. could comment on it. And that was um, very, very interesting. Dr. King said that imagination is mind in motion, and will directs mind so that visualization or imagination may take place. Very indeed, indeed it is. I mean, it's, it's such a fascinating lecture. And again, he's showing, and I think in this context, he's talking about divine will. Certainly, he tended, Dr. King, to focus on the positive. You could have a lower will, of course, and you could have something generated from the subconscious, which could lead to imagination. Uh, but in, in the higher sense, the way it's meant to be, you could have divine will. So if, for example, just to take an example from history, somebody was meant to be, and it was their destiny to be, an inspired uh, genius in the arts or in science or something, they could be directed by their divine will, which would then be bring about, you know, through mind, the motion which could create their genius. Very um, interesting thought. Yeah. It is. But I, unfortunately, I think, talking of time, we have to yeah. go to a break, do we not? I think we do, yes. Thank you. Well, thank you, Richard and Chrissy. It all sounds very intriguing. You are listening to a series radio live with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. The announcements are as follows. You are warmly invited to join like-minded people in sending out spiritual energy to the world during our live online 12 blessing service, which is held on Saturdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time and on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. UK time. And for more information, please visit 12blessings.org. That's 12 in digits. And of course, the 12 Blessings book and the audio CD albums, which are the transmissions by the Master Jesus and the commentaries by our Master, would make excellent Christmas gifts. And of course, not forgetting that one energy transmission from Saturn, which can be purchased from one of our centers, as mentioned by Richard earlier on. They're all real gems of wisdom. And on Sunday, 24th of December, which is Christmas Eve, we'll be holding our divine service at the Aetherius Temple in Fulham, London, starting at 11 a.m. And at the same time, at the Aetherius Temple, the Royal Oak, Michigan, the Christmas service will be held. For full addresses, please visit aetherius.org forward slash locations. I'm now pleased to return you to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank, Thank you, you Amy. That's great. So um, just, just before we leave the, um, the influence that this great Lord has on high beings as well as uh, lowly beings such as ourselves, um, it's very interesting, Chrissy, to note that in the first sentence of the One Energy a transmission, that these words are used by that Lord. He says, all in all and all in all that. 
And those words are, as I think again some listeners will recognize, used in the twelfth blessing by the Master Jesus, what, less than a year later. And it might be, for all we know, I don't know, and it certainly wouldn't be necessary for the Master Jesus to, to have... Uh, to, 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 for this to have happened but it might be that he was on a, one of those thousand spacecraft as well, who knows, we don't know it's all speculation but I don't believe it's a coincidence I think what you have here are masters um, taking a cue, if that's the phrase following on in a way elaborating on uh, one who to them and, and the March 6, 6 and the 8th freedom, which is about Saturnian existence, which you talked about before, is very explicit about how they revere, or it was either the 7th or the 8th or both, how they revere the lords of Saturn. They, they wouldn't disobey them by even a glance. Their every word would be sacred. And that's exactly how we should look upon it ourselves here too. So I, I would suggest, Chrissy. Um, but I haven't let you get a word in hardly, and I, I'm going to st- stop talking in a sec. But I think we should go through this one statement. I think it's worthy of it, especially as we're wanting to look at what true peace, real peace is this Christmas season, um, word by word. I'm sorry, you're talking about the one energy? I'm talking about that quote that you read out. I think we should we should uh, go, go through it one mm-hmm. go through it one word by word, but. Before we do, is there anything you you know you wish to add or say or comment on? Uh, because I haven't let you get much of a word in, I'm afraid. Oh no, no, that's fine. I think you're in an inspirational flow there, Richard. <laughs> but I wondered <laughs> okay. if it might be useful to listeners to have uh, a greater understanding of who these perfects of Saturn are, according to uh, our teachings. Uh, for example, um, from the life on the planets or the eighth freedom. Uh, to have a greater understanding of just their tremendous level of advancement. What do you think? Yes, um, I I do think that's a great idea. Should we complete the sentence? Do you want to do that before we go into this one sentence and and get on to our unmodified piece, or when would you like to do that? Let's complete the sentence. That's a good idea. Okay. All right, then. So if we start off, then, so going through it word by word, really, it starts off saying, go within, contact this light. Those are the first few words of that aphorism. And the, the one thing I, which may well be in tune with your remarks earlier about astrology, um, I would like to say about that is that this light, which is referred to there, which had early been referred to as the light which shineth in small man's soul, is not a metaphor. It's not like some poetic allusion to something for us to aspire towards. This is a real light. It's a light that you can really see, uh, maybe very dimly. Certainly, if you're in my category, very dimly. You only get a, perhaps a glimpse, but it's really there. And, and I, just to sort of show how real these things are, I mean, I remember learning many years ago, um, and others will, and I'm sure you'll remember this, Chrissy, that Dr. King, when talking about the breathing visualizations, and starting to see a light in the what appears to be the third eye, yes. or Christ center. He says, when you first start to see this, it will actually be a reflection of a light in the solar plexus center. He, he, he virtually, I didn't think he used these words, but he sort of gave the impression you shouldn't really worry about this at all. It will lead on 
to actually seeing the real light from the Christ center. And I've been doing those breathing exercises, as have many others, for decades, every day. And I must say that it's really quite recently, um, and others may have got there a lot sooner than me, I don't know, but I've actually been able to tell the difference between those two things, a light which is a reflection of the solar plexus center and a light which really comes from the higher center. And please don't get me wrong, I'm a novice, I am learning, I have not arrived at all, but I'm just trying to illustrate, to give people confidence, how real these things are. They're not just a vague theory. That light that is being referred to here is much brighter and much more definite than the other one. And you know it's there, and it leaves its effect upon you every single time you see it. Um, so that's all I really want to say. I don't know if you want to add anything about that, Chrissy, but it's, it's a real thing. When, when Lord of Saturns go within contact this light, he's talking about, or it is talking, I should say, because they are referred to as it in the, nine, in the Eighth Freedom. Uh, he's talking about a real experience, a King Yoga experience, you might say, if you follow our practices. I think that's a really important point. And I know it, when I first started doing the breathing exercises and saw that light from the solar plexus, I'm sure, and still do, um, it sort of it gives you great hope that you're actually um, you know, doing something that's really helping you to advance. So I, yep. you know, the breathing exercises that Dr. King put together, and we have available um, just for a few dollars, you can purchase the series or realize you're in a potential of the book, really are fantastic because just doing it a few times you can start to see for yourself that yes you are making a, a, you know you are making strides forward in your advancement and it was i found it so encouraging that that light was there just as you're saying and i think it's really really important because uh, in astrology the planet saturn is is about it's a reality it's a reality it's about um you know practicality actually much more than that, but putting things into to work, you know. And so that's yes. a very, very interesting point. Good. And so he said, it says, go within, contact this light, and extend through space. Now, one of the hallmarks, which you were touching on there, Chrissy, and you might want to give an example of that, one of the hallmarks of the Saturnian intelligence is its stillness, isn't it? It is completely still in its body, and yet it's able to occupy thousands even of positions, of aspects, uh, of movement, if you like, throughout uh, the galaxy and possibly beyond uh, but at the same time, its key, or one of its secrets, is its total stillness. It's physical, if that's the word, stillness. I'm sure it's a stillness on every single level. But certainly the spatial levels, as we understand space. Chrissy, did you want to comment on that stillness of the Saturnian intelligence? Well, probably the best thing I can do is do a short reading from the Eighth yeah. Freedom, um, right. which is about this very topic, as you know, such a one has a still body which moves not. Such a one is capable of a division of consciousness which allows it to inhabit up to 1,860 positions in the space-time continuum at one and the same instant. In fact, some of the perfects are able to double this feat. 
And then such a one is not limited because of limitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, such That's a one wonderful. has great That's freedom perfect. because it has rejected all freedoms. And then so it continues. It's yeah, very absolutely perfect illustration of it. And so this aphorism talks about going within, contacting this light, extending through space, and timelessness. Now that's, I think a lot of people have figured out that time is the fourth dimension. But what is timelessness? I believe it to be the same thing as the phrase which many will have heard or read in the Twelve Blessings, in the now. And in fact, this is a phrase that was used by the master cosmic karmic lord, I should say, Mars Sector 6, even before the Twelve Blessings was delivered, when he said, now is the time, for it is now which is forever, yet the now, although forever, if bypassed in thought, never comes to those who so walk. It almost needs to be delivered that in, in a Shakespearean style, sometimes I, this is just my humble opinion, in, to, to sort of get the meaning of it. Now is the time, for it is now which is forever. Yet the now, although forever, if bypassed in thought, never comes to those who so walk. It's, um, it's basically telling us that even thought can cause us to leave the now. Any kind of thought. So it's a, it's a timeless state, and it's also beyond mind and I I think when it's used in the 12 blessings by the master Jesus he'll very often say blessed is such and such in the now and by now so he's saying uh, and one explanation and there could well be another I think the master gives a brilliant one in his commentary on the 12 blessings but one explanation could be in the now that's in reality and by now blessed by now because in a sense if you're in that place or that space or whatever it is you're in a state of divinity and so you're blessed by divinity itself that's a very interesting interpretation and i i know when i first started getting into metaphysics in the early 70s i was very much into um trying to approach this place of now because I was sort of into Zen Buddhism at the time mm-hmm, and some mm-hmm. people can probably relate to that but mm. I think Richard it's a much higher state than that or a different state than that I think it is because the Zen uh, there was that wonderful album title uh, Now and Zen I thought that was clever oh, yeah. but uh, that's an aside um, I, but I think the Zen approach from what I know of it and I'm no expert at all and I don't claim to be at all and there might well be listeners who do know about it but as I understand it is very much about mentality again and um, the now the Mars Sector 6 is virtually telling us is bypassed if we think really he's saying, or if we enter into the world of thought or the world of mind um, and it's, again, a very advanced allusion. As I say, it was given, I think, in January of 1958, about you know six months before the Twelve Blessings, but very much picked up and used. I don't know if it was picked up or whether it was that they just both used it, but used a lot by the Master Jesus. But again, you know, I think the Twelve Blessings, it's so deep, it's so advanced, and yet, and I referred earlier to this plan, you know, that I do believe there is. And yet, it's something we can experience. So it is there; it's there for us to experience. 
uh, and the inner meanings will come to us the more we use it. Do you think then, Richard, peace is rather like love in that there are many different octaves or levels of, of you know, our experience of it according to our own advancement, perhaps? Because I think it must be so, yeah. But this in, unmodified in the, um, peace... Go on, please, right. sorry. But in the, um, there's a wonderful transmission that you know, Richard, from heaven on earth where yes. peace is mentioned a lot by yes. um, Mars Sector 6, which is kind of unusual for, for that being to talk about this. It's usually yes. Master Jesus, as you said earlier. But, um, and the Master Theorist, too. Yeah. Yes, as well. And this is a piece that I think people can relate to. It's, like it's, it's almost like they're different levels until you reach this unmodified peace. A yes, journey, agreed. Like, perhaps. I don't know. But, um, I think you're right. I I think you... a, a, that, some of that transmission is so beautiful. Oh, uh, sure, yes. It's um, Mars Sector 6. Use the energies, O men of terror, that we offer to you at this time, and you too will be helped greatly towards the goal of wisdom. How can you have peace in the countries of terror unless that peace be born in the hearts of all men? It cannot be so. Friends, peace, true peace, is not a child of fear. True peace is a child of wisdom. That's beautiful, isn't it, Richard? It is, and because that's the quote that um, I referred to at the beginning of the show as well. And it's great. It it's is. great to, to you know, we can't hear it enough. It's it's fantastic. I quite agree. Yes, thank you for that, Chrissy. And then, what else is wisdom? What else, dear friends, but love in action? Mm -hmm. Break away from terrestrial conditioning imposed by a few whose heart is darkened by greed. Break away from this, O oh terror. Tear down these barriers, O oh men of earth, and enlightenment is yours, and peace is yours, and lasting bliss is yours, and the compound knowledge of everlasting life is yours. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. So coming back to the aphorism... We, we have go within, contact this light and extend through space and timelessness. And then we have the final words, to that dimension where dwelleth unmodified peace. Which, and it's interesting what you said about the different octaves, and this unmodified peace must be beyond even the octaves, because there's no modification allowed to this state. And... One, I, I was querying as I studied this, you know, which dimension is being referred to? Well, it, we've covered the first four. It's none of those. One's extended through space and timelessness. It can't be motion because by very definition, unmodified, uh, an unmodified state is not a motion or a motion state is a modification or it's changing thing. And mind itself, the sixth dimension, brings about change. The thought process works through change so one must be then in the seventh dimension. So it's just a different way of explaining where this, what at one time might have been called seedless samadhi or nirvana, today would be called mm. cosmic consciousness. It's that high. It's the highest chakra of all. It's the Brahma chakra. If it's fully experienced and fully unmodified, um, to quote Mars Sector 6, the consciousness of the individual soars to mighty height, unlimited, unbounded by mind, high into the realms of intuition, of divine inspiration it goeth, through space where time stands quite still, non-existent, immobile. 
And so it's that state which is being described there. But the journey, it's not seen so much as an internal journey in a way, although you are going within, so in that sense it's eternal, but it's taking in the full cosmic span of all the dimensions which you are then breaking free from until you dwell fully in the seventh one and that's where you find unmodified peace mm, thank you for that richard and as you said earlier richard this this particular line i mean it's it's so advanced and yet we're given stages aren't we just as you you made that point go within telling us exactly what to do contact this mm-hmm. light and as you said it's it's a real thing you can see it yes. and so it gives us a, a way to 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 achieve this i mean it's fantastic i think so and i think there's a temptation which we can all fall into of thinking well look this is so advanced i mean the ethereal society is uh put over in a very accessible manner and communicated as simply as it possibly can be communicated by the cosmic masters. But these are the greatest teachings which have ever been given to Earth. The cosmic masters have said that. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think so many people have said to me, you know, they, once you're familiar with, say, the nine freedoms, which happens to be my personal favorite, uh, you really... you can look at other things, and there are some good things or some great things out there, but frankly, they are slightly disappointing. I, I'm sorry to say, even some of the greatest things, once you've really familiarized yourself with the revelations which are being given in these days through Dr. King. But it was also stated, of course, that Dr. King himself was so advanced and that the world will have to advance a lot to be ready uh, f- to understand and appreciate, I think was the word given, these teachings of Dr. King. The saving grace, I think, is something we're going to talk about in next month's broadcast, which is that we can experience them. So even if we don't fully understand them all, we can experience them, such as the light, such as feeling prayer energy, and so on and so on. We're going to talk more about that next month. That is the King Yoga experience. But they are advanced, but it doesn't mean we should say, and there is a temptation, I think, to say, well, look, this is, I'm, this is not for me. Now, I, this is an advanced state. It's great that it's being given, but it doesn't really apply to me. And then we don't, we block it off. I don't believe it would be given if it didn't apply to us. I don't think the Lord of Saturn, of, of Saturn would say, go within, contact this light, and extend through space and timelessness to that dimension where dwelleth unmodified peace, if we couldn't do it. It's been given to us to do. It's something to aspire towards. It's something to study. It's something to prepare ourselves for. But it's also something to experience. And one day, this will happen. Don't get me wrong. I'm a long way off uh, cosmic consciousness as People won't be surprised to hear. But Dr. King, who entered this state, and went in, in his wonderful description in The Nine Freedoms, he actually says, uh, and he speaks in the third person when he talks of it, but it's about himself. He says, he became vitally aware of the dimensions in which he existed and knew them, I, all seven of them. So it's a vital part of evolution, and it's just, a, I think, a different way of expressing it. I think it's a greater way. It's a more universal way, it's a real way, and it's in the context of the cosmos as a whole. Absolutely. 
Is there anything can... that you would like to add, Chrissy? Because I'm mindful that uh, I can wrap it on if we're, if we're not no, no. careful and not, very, very not let you get a word in. Not at all. Um, shall I? Shall I close? We've got a few minutes left yes, with, with a prayer. Oh yes, that'd be wonderful for this Lord, the Lord of Saturn, the one we know as the Lord of Saturn, uh, yes, has thank given you. us so much in this one transmission, given Indeed. us everyone on Earth this transmission, not just to us in the Ethereal Society, but it was given to humanity as a whole. So let's offer our deepest love and gratitude to the one who saw fit to raise us up with this wonderful teaching. So let us please be still and raise the hands and open your hearts. Almighty God, we offer our deepest gratitude and appreciation for the most glorious and illustrious being known to us simply as a Lord of Saturn for delivering to this earth and beyond the incredible transmission, the one energy. O divine spirit of life, this profound message of great beauty, wisdom, power, love, and light has opened our eyes ever more fully to thy divine essence, to thy plan, and will forever illumine our path back to thee. We humbly ask, O God, that the Lord of Saturn, who has offered us this greatest of gifts, may be forever surrounded and protected by the radiance of thy infinite love. We thank thee, O God, for listening to our prayer. May thy will be done. Thank you, Chrissy. That's thank wonderful. You. And I'd just like to close by wishing everyone again a very happy Christmas and suggesting that as well as seeking the peace that we're very used to in our celebrations, that we take some time to also aspire towards this unmodified peace, to go within, to try to contact this light within, because every journey has to start somewhere and we should, if we don't aspire to it, it will never ever happen. And so I would just urge people to take a little time of quiet, of inner reflection, as well as celebrating however you choose to celebrate Christmas. Thank you, Richard. And I echo those sentiments. Have a wonderful Christmas time and New Year. And um, may all the blessings fill you. And may you find that place of peace within, as Richard said, and, and uh, make, bring back as one of our transmissions says bring back the spirit into uh, or the Christ into Christmas I'm sorry uh, the spiritual aspect of Christmas in some way thank you Chrissy and over to Noemi well thank you very much to Richard and Chrissy for a fascinating show giving us a deeper insight into true peace you have been listening to a series radio live the next show will be on Tuesday 16th of January when Richard and Chrissy will be talking about the King Yoga experience. You can also connect with Richard through his website, richardlawrence.co.uk, and with Chrissy at chrissyblaze.com. And if you'd like to find out more on the facts and publications mentioned in the show, please visit aserious.org. We hope you enjoyed this show, and we wish you all a spiritually uplifting Christmas 
and a happy new year.